welcome back to This Week in Video Games, episode 74. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. Well, this week, I've been hunting a lot of monsters in Monster Hunter Rise, the latest in the franchise from Capcom, out on Nintendo Switch. I've also been checking out Oddworld Soulstorm Pac-Man 99. Also, I'll be looking forward to Solar Ash from developer Heart Machine. All that, plus I look back at the Indie World Showcase from Nintendo, it's a busy show as always so let's get to it well, welcome to the show everyone i hope you're well and you're having a good week i'm good this week and things started opening up here in london this week and it's great to see more people getting the vaccine and there's a feeling of positivity in the air it's warmer, the sun's out and spring is here for sure. And talking about good news, we've had some good indie news this week from Nintendo with the Indie World Showcase. Now I'm going to get into my thoughts and impressions of the showcase later on in the show. So as well as all the games I've been checking out this week, I'm also going to be looking ahead a little bit at something I've had my eye on for some time, and that is Solar Ash. So this one is a new game from Heart Machine and a follow-up to Hyperlight Drifter. And it looks absolutely stunning. Well, I'll get into that one and round up all the information we have about Solar Ash later on in the show. But before we get too far in the show, I wanted to plug the podcast Patreon. And you can send in your questions and stories for community questions by signing up to Patreon. So for as little as $2 a month, you can sign up to become a patron. We can access exclusive Discord rooms. You can send in questions and comments to be read out on the This Week in Video Games podcast. And you get access to exclusive content and early access to the podcast too. There's plenty of benefits over there at Patreon, plus you get to support the show and help This Week in Video Games become a little bit more self-sufficient. Well, that is enough intro waffle from me. Let's get into what I've been playing this week. So this week, I've been playing a whole lot of Monster Hunter Rise. I did pick this one up on release, but Outriders took its place quite quickly as I was checking out that new looter shooter. However, I have to say I'm really, really enjoying my time with Monster Hunter. You know, I played World a little bit, I didn't really give it the time that I should have done. Monster Hunter Rise is much more approachable to new players like me, and I have to say, I'm absolutely hooked. Now I'm going to be checking out my review of the game first up in the show. So Oddworld Soulstorm was released in the past few weeks, and this one is available for download on PS Plus this month via the PS5. So if you're able to, I definitely recommend checking that one out. It is a little bit of a throwback to games of old, but there's enough charm here to keep you entertained throughout. And finally, I've been checking out Pac-Man 99. It's a new Battle Royale take on a classic game available via Nintendo Switch Online. So following hot on the heels of Super Mario 35 and Tetris 99, this is another addictive puzzler which pits you against 98 other players. But first of all this week, let's jump into my review of Monster Hunter Rise. Monster Hunter Rise is the newest Monster Hunter game out now, and it's also the first dedicated to the Nintendo Switch from the ground up. This is the total package offering smooth onboarding for new players, depth and complexity if you want it, plus potentially hundreds of hours of gameplay. There's a certain speed and fluidity to Monster Hunter Rise that I haven't encountered before in the series, so running into battle at full speed on the back of your Palamute canine buddy, jumping in at the right time and swinging your weapon, whether it be a sword or an axe or a hammer, right into the huge monster's face. And you land and pull off some seamless combo to finish the hunt. Well, actually, I don't think I've ever managed to pull off that seamless combo, but you get my drift. 
Monster Hunter Rise is the latest addition to the Monster Hunter family, which exploded in popularity since the release of Monster Hunter World, and Monster Hunter fans probably would protest saying this was hugely popular long before World and Iceborne were even thought of, but Monster Hunter World took it to new levels in the West. So Monster Hunter Rise does a great job following up, and now you have the added bonus of playing on the go, or on the sofa, or in bed, on Nintendo Switch. Well, the main gameplay loop of Monster Hunter is the same, although there are so many tweaks and improvements here that mainly focus on the speed of battle. So, as a newly qualified hunter, it's your job to go out there into a hunt, pick a choice of weapon and buddies, and then battle to the bitter end, where fights can end in capture or in death for the monster. I haven't yet captured the monster, and I probably should. You know, there's something very satisfying in taking down the huge monster and making a new pair of trousers out of their hide. Well, there's loads of monsters to fight, so you've got 14 weapons to learn, palamutes to train and a village to save, and there's potential in here for many, many hours lost in the hunts. One big drawback of Monster Hunter games in the past has been new players' ability to get into the games. You know, there's so many systems, characters, terminology to learn that it all can be a little bit overwhelming. The monster battles aren't a walk in the park either, although some would argue that Monster Hunter Rise is actually a lot easier than previous Monster Hunter titles. But sometimes you can be banging your head against a brick wall trying to defeat a monster for about 50 minutes, only to faint on your final attempt and you have to do it all over again. But Monster Hunter Rise does a really good job of adding plenty of quality of life updates, and although the game isn't quite as stunning as Monster Hunter World visually, it is still a very good looking game on Nintendo Switch. Well, the stars of the show are the monsters themselves, and there's 30-plus monsters on the release of Monster Hunter Rise, and there's more coming, and I think the first update is at the end of April 2021. Now, the range of monsters is very impressive. You've got your standard dragon-type monsters. There's a lot of variety here in Rise, with bears, duck-billed beasts, lizards. There's kind of a monkey crossed with a bird, monsters that can fly, monsters that live in water. There's loads of variety here, which means battles always tend to throw something new at you, and sometimes actually quite literally throwing stuff at you. But as well as the large variety of monsters, there's a good variety of places to fight those monsters in too. So you've got your swamps, your hills and your mountains, your snow-covered terrain, you've got your deserts, and much, much more as you progress throughout the game. Now, the verticality of the levels was something that struck me too, which is all now easier to reach thanks to one of the biggest innovations found in Monster Hunter Rise, and that is the Wirebug. The Wirebug is a grappling hook of sorts that you can make appear on command, allowing you to jump, evade, and even help you jump on the back of monsters and ride them around, or force them to attack other monsters for you in the form of wyvern riding. The Wirebug really helps out with the overall pace of Monster Hunter Rise as well. There's still times you're going to be trudging around a monster if you pick a heavy weapon, but the Wirebug gives you the ability to jump into the sky, fling out a grapple and fly towards a monster, putting on a spectacular move before pounding your weapon into their face. And much like many of the other mechanics in Monster Hunter games, it does take a little bit getting used to, but it definitely is one of the biggest improvements over other Monster Hunter games. Monster Hunter Rise gets you going nice and quickly and into the hunt straight away. And if you're new to the franchise, there's going to be a lot of tutorials, reading and practice to get to grips with things early on. But don't be afraid to try out the range of weapons on offer, as each weapon helps the game feel fresh each time. You know, whether you're an expert with the dual blade, the hunting horn, or the switch axe, there's a variety in there that's going to keep you coming back time after time. There's a few key things to learn about Monster Hunter. You know, you need to understand your weapon understanding the monster and its attack patterns and also your environment too. So there's a decent training mode in the game which will allow you to get to grips with your weapon of choice 
and learning the environment in terms of flowers and things you can pick up to give you an array of buffs throughout the battle. You know, at first it is all a little bit much. However, stick with it because soon it'll all become second nature and monsters themselves may seem large and ferocious at first. But after a few hunts, you will understand that there's a set pattern to their attacks. So learn the attack patterns, combine that with some useful combos and some buffs with your selected weapon and you will be absolutely golden. There is a story campaign, although it is fairly light on the actual story, and really it's just a vehicle to get you going into battle. So you go around the village talking to NPCs and then back into battle again. There's a multiplayer hub where you can team up with other hunters, although you can get through these sections quite quickly. And during the campaign, I try to split my time evenly in the village quests, which is kind of like the single player quests, and the multiplayer quests, which is the hub. It's really up to you how you take on these missions. So another great addition to Monster Hunter Rise is your Palamute or your little dog friend. You know, we've had cats in Monster Hunter for ages, but now we've got mounts, which once again, like the Wirebug, do add to the pace of the game, making it feel fast and fluid. So jump on the back of your Palamute and chase down that monster, and it helps reducing the frustration when a monster decides to run away during battle. You know, they still do this, but at least now you can chase them down on the back of a speeding canine friend. And yes, you can pet the Palamute in Monster Hunter Rise. You know, another good thing about the Palamute is you can perform actions whilst riding on their backs, like sharpening and recovering health and stamina. Palamutes are an absolutely fantastic addition to the game and part of the quality of life package that helps elevate Monster Hunter Rise above other versions of the franchise. So as well as your Palamute, the familiar Palico return, your little cat friends, they help out in battles, offering up some damage and other buffs to help you, meaning when they're paired with the Palamute, you've got two buddies, in effect, helping you out in battle. So there's a buddy system in the game where you can find new buddies, you can train them, and even send them out on errands in little submarines, where they're going to be gathering resources and items while you're away on hunts. Rampage events are another new feature in Rise, which is similar to a kind of tower defence mode, where you're trying to defend the village and you've got mounted guns and you're trying to take down multiple monsters at the same time in a kind of small space. I didn't really find this mode as fun as the main gameplay loop, but it is a nice little side attraction. The package of improvements here in Rise can't be understated in terms of how they affect gameplay, and I think the speed is the main impact. So getting in and out of battle, using the new wire bug to jump into battle, and then also to mount monsters and use them as weapons, it all adds up to a much more fun experience than I've had before in Monster Hunter. So I've not spent as much time as I would have liked with the Monster Hunter franchise, however Monster Hunter Rise feels instantly better and more satisfying and a whole load of fun. There's still hurdles to overcome for newcomers, like understanding the nuance of the weapons, learning about armour and crafting, plus overcoming the difficulty of the hunts themselves if you're not used to it, but Capcom appear to have lowered the barriers to entry in the game to get you straight into the action. I think as well some more experienced Monster Hunter players have commented that Rise seems quite easy, although this could be Capcom trying to get players to experiment with various weapons and things like that. So if the whole playing field is easier, then so is experimenting with loads of weapons. So to be fair, Capcom haven't added the high rank mode into the end game yet, so we'll see what players say about the difficulty when that comes out. But I think there's definitely enough detail and depth to keep you around and then hook you to come back for more time and time again. Now I've still got loads more to discover in Monster Hunter Rise, but I find myself thinking about it even when I'm not running around the world. You know, I'm looking up weapon guides while I take my daily walks. I'm actively seeking weapon tutorials to try and understand new combos or how to unleash more powerful attacks. And it's always a great sign if a game gets inside your head 
and you're thinking about strategies when you're away from the screen. Now, the simple fact that I can now take Monster Hunter away with me on my travels is really, really great. I'm really enjoying my time with Monster Hunter Rise, and I'd recommend it to anyone who has a Nintendo Switch. You know, it's got the potential to be one of the best and the biggest Nintendo Switch games out there. You know, the learning curve may be steep, but the rewards are huge if you can push through those small roadblocks. The game's charming. It'll make you laugh at times. You know, there's the pain of defeat and the triumph in a successful hunt. It's really, really got the whole package. You know, you can get by by scratching the surface of a Monster Hunter game, but it's only going to get you so far. These games are designed with hundreds of hours of play in mind, and I'm finally starting to understand why there's such a fervorous fan base of the series. I only wish that I discovered this earlier. Well, the game was developed and published by Capcom. It's available on Nintendo Switch although it is coming to PC in 2022, and it first came out on the 26th of March 2021. Well, that is it for my review of Monster Hunter Rise, and if you've got any thoughts on Monster Hunter Rise, I'd love to hear what you think, and let me know on Patreon by signing up to patreon.com forward slash thisweekinvideogames, sign up for that lowest tier, and you can send in your questions and your comments, and I would love to hear your personal reviews of Monster Hunter Rise, so send in those and I'll read them out next week on the podcast. Well, that is it for my review of Monster Hunter Rise. Well, next up, we've got more Nintendo. And Nintendo are back this week with an Indie World Showcase. So let's check out a roundup of all those games. Well, Nintendo is back this week with an Indie World presentation. And I always look forward to these presentations. It always throws up some gems coming soon. Or if we're lucky, they're going to be available on the same day. So this was a jam-packed show full of details, so let's go over some of the indies coming soon. Well, a couple of games were released shortly after the presentation itself. So the legendary Fez, one of the stars of indie game The Movie, that's now available on Nintendo Switch. So Fez is one of the games that fueled the rise of indie popularity in 2012. And you can also count Braid and Super Meat Boy in that conversation. So it's really, really good that it's come to Nintendo Switch. The Longing is also available right now, and this is one of the most unique games that I can recall. I do remember interviewing the developer on the This Week in Video Games podcast back in March 2020, just before the PC release. So if you want to go back and listen to that show, please do. Really, really interesting chat I had with the studio. It's a beautiful game with a unique art style and also a unique gameplay mechanic. We have to wait for 400 actual days before finding out the ending. There was also There Is No Game, Wrong Dimension from Draw Me A Pixel. That is a comedy adventure game that's also available right now. Well, there's a few games coming soon, like Aerial Knights Never Yield. And that's a runner coming to Nintendo Switch on the 19th of May. So it's a futuristic runner game with vivid colours and awesome music. And then slightly later in July, we've got Chris Tales, which saw a good release on PC in 2020, now coming to Nintendo Switch. Then we got Last Stop, that's an adventure game from Variable State and Annapurna Interactive, also coming out in July. So a little bit later out with an undisclosed release date yet, we've got Road 96 from Digits Art, and that is a unique looking road trip game. You know, one of my most anticipated games of the year, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge has also been confirmed for the Switch, which is fantastic news, and it's going to fit perfectly on that console. Now, Aztec Forgotten Gods look like an action-adventure game inspired by the Aztecs. And we've got Skull, the Hero Slayer from Southpaw Games, as a platformer with more than 90, yes, 90, playable characters. 
Oli Oli World from Roll7 is the latest in the open world skateboarding series, coming out in the latter stages of the year. And Hindsight is a new indie puzzle adventure from game developer Joel McDonald about an older woman reminiscing about her family, and that one is coming out later this year. Coming in 2022, we've got Getsu Fuma Den, Undying World from Konami and Guru Guru. This one combines skill-based combat with a fantastic Japanese art aesthetic, coming sometime in 2022. And the one more thing for the showcase was Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals, which is Night School Studios' sequel, landing on Switch later in 2021. Well, the announcement that I was most excited about was probably Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming to Nintendo Switch, and we knew the game was coming since the announcement a few weeks ago. However, this is the confirmation it's coming to Switch, which is absolutely fantastic news. So this type of scrolling beat-em-up in a pixel art style will be perfect on the Nintendo Switch. So other than that, I think Chris Tales is a great looking game and Fez is an absolute classic. So if you missed that the first time around, it's definitely one to check out. So The Longing is also a really interesting game. Probably not for everybody, but the music, the concept, the artwork, it's all really impressive. If you want to check out that interview I did with the creator, then you can check out earlier in the podcast feed or check out on the YouTube channel. I'd love to hear what you think of the Indie World Showcase by sending me a message via Patreon or patreon.com forward slash this week in video games and i'd love to hear what you thought of this indie world showcase well if you're enjoying this week in video games content then check out patreon.com forward slash this week in video games for benefits like joining in the community discussion on podcasts early access and exclusive content content voting and also youtube and podcast shout outs there's also a merch store which includes t-shirts hoodies and all kinds of other this week in video games stuff so watching the videos listening to the podcast and interacting in the comment section is more than enough but if you want to support This Week in Video Games further, then you can do through Patreon and Teespring. Check out the links down below for more information. Well, that is my shameless Patreon plug. But next up, let's have a look at my review of Oddworld Soulstorm. Well, Oddworld Soulstorm is a puzzle platformer and a return to Oddworld after a few years away. Now, Abe's Odyssey was a game that I remember from the original PlayStation release way back in 1997. So it's great to get back to Oddworld and check in with Abe to see how he's doing. So I have to be honest in starting the review, when I first saw this game during the PlayStation Showcase in summer 2020, I didn't really think much of it. In fact, I was rather put off by the cinematics with Abe's lips sewn shut. Reluctant, I booted up the game and I was really happily surprised as to what I found, you know, a puzzle platformer that harks back to the days gone by in terms of gameplay. There's some really nice touching moments in here, which regularly brought a smile to my face. Oddworld Soulstorm is a remake or a reimagining of sorts of Abe's Exodus, the sequel which originally came out in 1998. So we start out in the game with the Mudokon celebrating, but all but one with Abe sitting alone in his tent nursing a drink. And then the Mudokons are discovered it's now down to Abe to once again save the day, but this time for his entire people. Over the unfolding levels and the story, you have to make your way across a series of tricky platforming and puzzle levels and find your way to freedom, this time with your Mudokon friends with you. There's plenty of dying and learning through repetition in Oddworld Soulstorm. It's not an easy game by any measure. You know, one thing that nicely offsets the difficulty of the game is the regular checkpoints. If you're new to Oddworld, then some of the mechanics may be a little bit confusing too, even though there are tutorials littered through the first few hours. 
Abe has got some basic skills, including running, jumping and rolling. So Abe can jump up to get to areas, but also roll under smaller gaps. And rolling also helps you if you get set on fire, which is going to happen on more than one occasion in the game. The platforming mechanic felt pretty good, although this isn't going to compete with platformers like Mario or Celeste. Other moves include throwing bottles of varying liquids. Fire is a big theme in Soulstorm, and it can be used to advantage, acting as a very potent weapon in some cases. You know, If there's a firewall in your way, then you can throw a well-placed water bottle to help extinguish it so you can safely pass through. You can also pick up liquor bottles and throw them into the fire to essentially throw petrol bombs. Well, as well as the items you can throw, Abe has a special telekinetic power that allows him to send out a small projectile that can interact with the environment and take over guards to get them to do your bidding. For example, there's numerous puzzles where you have to use your powers to either send guards to sleep or take them over and use them to take out another guard or you can simply drop them off a cliff edge suicide style to get them out of your way. You'd have to be careful though with this ability as the guards have devices that can block Abe's abilities and instead will zap him for his troubles. Now, Soulstorm is based on Abe's Exodus, but it does expand the scope of the original game and improves it pretty much wholesale. You know, for example, Abe can loot stashes for resources, which is particularly useful for creating ammunition. The visual design is great too, which was formerly a switch screen style and now flows from one area to another in a mixture of 2D platforming in the 3D world. So I played the game on PS5 and often the visuals are absolutely stunning. The crafting and the location in the game brings the game a much needed modern boost in an otherwise very mid-90s style game. So I don't really mind this so much having grown up in the mid-90s, I remembered the original and bringing with it that hit of nostalgia. I don't really know what modern day gamers would make of the game, as it is definitely of its time. These days we've got vast worlds, action-packed battle royales and massive free-to-start or free-to-play games. It's sometimes hard to see where Oddworld might sit. Now, this style of 2D puzzle platformer has slightly gone out of fashion, having been replaced with offerings like Sackboy, Astrobot and Super Mario 3D World. Soulstorm though has a blend of humour and also some pretty dark topics like slavery and torture. As I mentioned before, Abe has his lips sewn shut, which is almost enough to put me off the game entirely, but the cutscenes in the game are very well put together, they're gorgeous affairs, and the voice acting is full of laugh-out-loud moments. Now, much of the fun with Oddworld is to do with messing with your enemies, tempting them closer and then throwing a liquor bottle down to the fire next to them is always fun, as well as knocking them out cold with Abe's powers and then picking their pockets while they're asleep. You can also stun enemies with rocks and attempt to tiptoe around enemies, although they're pretty quick to pull out their machine guns and mow you down if you make a sound, so do be light on your feet. The puzzle platforming in the game is good fun, and mixed with heartfelt cutscenes, things move along at a reasonable pace. You know, There's a mixture of stealth sections, getaway chases, and a fantastic section that plays out in the dark mid-game. You know, As you get to the latter parts of the game, the puzzle platform can get a little bit much, and left me feeling a little bit exhausted as there's only really so much you can reset the board and do a similar thing over and over again. It doesn't have the grace of a Mario game, so over time the repetition can get a little bit much. But Abe's friends bring a much needed injection of fun and laughter into the gameplay and at most levels you'll find them. You have to save them which means leading them to safety with their help or through a gauntlet of traps. And this is the bread and butter of Oddworld games and where Soulstorm really really shines. Overall, I really enjoyed my time with Oddworld Soulstorm, and given it's on PS Plus on PS5, I would recommend checking it out if you're able to. 
Well, the game was developed by Oddworld Inhabitants, Sabotage Studio, Just Add Water, Freema Studios, and Fat Kraken Studios 2, published by Oddworld Inhabitants, and Microids is available on PC, PS4, and PS5. Well, that is it for my review of Oddworld Soulstorm, but next up, let's have a look at the all-platform charts. Well, at 10 this week, it's Assassin's Creed Valhalla, down one place from last week's number 9. Number 9 this week, it's Ring Fit Adventure, up two places from last week's number 7. At number 8 this week, it's Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, up three places from last week's number 11. And number 7 this week, it's Grand Theft Auto 5, up five places from last week's number 12. At number 6 this week, it's Monster Hunter Rise, down two places from last week's number 4. And number 5 this week, it's Minecraft, up five places from last week's number 10. At 4 this week it's Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, down one place from last week's number 3. And at 3 this week it's the ever-present Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, up two places from last week's number 5. At 2 this week it's last week's number 1, it's FIFA 21. And back in at number 1, up one place from last week's number 2, it's Animal Crossing New Horizons. Well that is it for the charts this week, but next up let's have a look a little bit into the future with Solar Ash. Well, Solar Ash is a game from Heart Machine that immediately caught the eye when it was first shown off last summer. Today I'm going to look at all the info we have on Solar Ash and look forward to this very stylish and fluid game coming really, really soon. So Heart Machine previously worked on Hyperlight Drifter, which is one of the best games of the last generation, and if it passed you by, I would definitely go back and check it out. You know, Solar Ash is a little different with Heart Machine bringing the next game into the 3D world with high-speed movement, endearing characters, surreal environments, and huge enemy encounters. So originally announced last summer, Heart Machine followed up with a gameplay trailer in February 2021 during the Sony State of Play, and this looks somewhere between like the Pathless and Shadow of Colossus, and it's looking to create its own unique take on its platforming adventure. You know, while the name didn't immediately grab my attention, the fact that it was made by the same developer who created Hyperlight Drifter made me sit up and take notice. You know, I was late to the party on that one, only playing in late 2020. However, I don't intend to make the same mistake with Solar Ash. Solar Ash has been in development for about four years and is set to arrive sometime before December 2021, but we don't yet know the precise release date. There's no doubt going to be more information in the coming months as we speed towards E3 and the next summer of gaming events. So this is likely to be a big draw, although I would imagine it's going to be given a feature on one of the upcoming State of Plays, given Sony's not going to be taking part in E3 Online. So whereas Hyperlight Drifter was in 2D and it was a top-down RPG with a pixel art style, Solar Ash takes the action into 3D, but elements of Hyperlight Drifter remain with a bright and vibrant colour palette, as well as the dreamlike visuals and captivating music. There's no direct connection between the game's stories, but they do appear to be in the same video game universe, and another change from Hyperlight Drifter is we're going to get dialogue from the main character, which we didn't see or hear in their first game. Solar Ash is set for release on the PS5, PS4 and PC via the Epic Games Store sometime in 2021. It's not going to appear on day one on Nintendo Switch, but hopefully Heart Machine will be persuaded at a later date, as I imagine it'd feel right at home on Nintendo's premier console. In terms of the story, Solar Ash takes place inside a giant black hole known as the Ultra Void, 
which has been destroying everything in its path, as black holes tend to do. You know, the game's protagonist, Ray, is an interdimensional being called a Void Runner, and she has awesome agility, speed, and also the ability to unleash a series of attacks on enemies via her blade. And it's down to Ray to venture into the Ultra Void and stop a supernatural corruption from fueling that Ultra Void. Sentinels are a huge part of the game, which are massive boss-like enemies Ray has to battle throughout Solar Ash, and it's likely we have to defeat a series of bosses to calm the Ultra Void and restore balance back to the universe. In the latest gameplay trailer, we've seen Ray battle a huge snake skeleton, and that one lives in the sky, so it looks like we have some really, really interesting boss battles. And this really, really takes me back to Shadow of Colossus. Gameplay in Solar Ash is focused around the traversal of the environment with Ray's speed and agility, so getting from place to place seems like a breeze for Ray, and the world Heart Machine have created looks absolutely stunning. Now, Asher and clouds are found all over the Ultra Void, which look like some kind of evil, thick liquid, but Ray skims across the surface of this material to make her way across the environment. You know, Ray also has a grappling ability which appears to work on the white substance out there found in the world, allowing her to swing to reach higher places. And players will have to master Ray's abilities to successfully navigate the environment as well as get out of the way of incoming attacks. Well, Solar Ash appears to have an open world structure where you're directed around the world with a pink goo substance. We don't really know too many details yet, but this could be a way to power up Ray's abilities or just a simple navigation mechanic. Well, Solar Ash's combat has been described as simple, fast and fluid, and the whole package looks to be very inviting, mysterious, and the gameplay looks like a whole load of fun too. I think it's going to be one of 2021's best games, and I'm really looking forward to more details from Heart Machine coming soon, and hopefully filling in some of the blanks regarding Solar Ash. Now, I want to know more about the world, the lore, and the characters, as I'm really, really sold on the gameplay. And I'll definitely keep you posted as soon as we find out more. Well, that is it for my look into the future of Solar Ash, I definitely think it's one to watch in 2021. But let me know what you think of Solar Ash by signing up to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games. I would love to hear your thoughts on Solar Ash and what you want to see from that game. Well, that is it for my look ahead at Solar Ash. Next up, I've got a review, and this time it's Pac-Man 99. So Pac-Man 99 follows in the footsteps of Tetris 99 and Super Mario 35 to create a battle royal of sorts out of a classic game. So we're all familiar with Pac-Man, you eat the pellets, avoid the ghosts, and if possible, power up and eat everything in sight. Pac-Man 99 is a new free-to-download game available on Nintendo Switch Online, which offers a fresh coat of paint on one of the original video games. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with Pac-Man, but if not, then what you have to do is navigate around a maze as Pac-Man, you scoff up these small pellets, avoid the ghosts, and there's also various power-ups in the forms of fruit. And if you eat these super pellets, then you can eat the once deadly ghosts. So with Pac-Man 99, you're now battling 98 other players in a winner-takes-all competition. Well, Pac-Man 99 has similar features to Tetris 99, where you can send attacks to other players in your session. It is fairly overwhelming at first, and there's a lot going on around the maze, with plenty of visual stimulation and things flying left, right, and centre. You know, my first impression of the game was something along the lines of, oh my god, you know, how does this work? As there's little to no explanation of what's going on. You know, the rules of Pac-Man are fairly universal, and you're likely to have played a version of the game before, or at least know about the franchise. 
So it is a lot of trial and error to begin with, but one of the main ways that you can attack other players is by gobbling up the smaller ghosts, which then attack to the main ghost traveling around the maze. Then eat a super power-up pellet, and the smaller ghosts transform into a train of ghosts attached to the now terrified ghosts who are running away from you, and when you eat them, they get sent to the opponent's screen. So I didn't discover this until a few rounds in, and in retrospect, the game could have really done with a tutorial round just to kind of get you going, get you warmed up. Also, I was using the Pro Controller on Nintendo Switch, hooked up to a big screen. I found this slightly off-putting, so I couldn't really use the more comfortable analog stick. I had to use the D-pad, which doesn't feel as comfortable as the stick, and every now and again it would send me in the complete wrong direction. The analog stick doesn't even work as an alternative, which was a little bit disappointing. The speed of Pac-Man 99 is refreshing though, the games themselves only take a few minutes. If you mess up, then it's back into the action relatively quickly. The game is often pretty busy as you've got your main screen then 98 other game boards around you which are slowly whittled down as the time ticks on. As well as the main battle royale mode, there's score attack, there's time attack and also a CPU battle mode if you want to practice, although the other single player modes and cosmetics are locked behind a paywall, but the battle royale mode is free to enjoy as much as you want. So I just stuck to that, so I'm not really going to pay for cosmetics in a Pac-Man battle royale and the score attack and time attack and CPU battle mode doesn't really kind of float my boat. And I think probably the best mode of the game is free anyway, and that's the Battle Royale mode against 98 other players. Pac-Man 99 is a little bit frustrating to start with, but get past that confusing barrier to entry, and there's a fun little pick-up-and-play game here, which you can spend, you know, either minutes or hours with it. It'd be the perfect game for a commute or short journey when things get back to normal in the outside world, but for now, it offers short bursts of entertainment, whether you're on the sofa or in bed. Now, if you've got a subscription to Nintendo Switch Online, then this is a nice little game that offers instant entertainment and potentially hours of gameplay. And once you get your head wrapped around the rules and the mechanics, the games flow thick and fast, and you'll be winning games in no time. Pac-Man 99 is a nice take on the classic Royale genre that's emerging through the Nintendo Switch Online, and I'd recommend picking it up and giving it a try, because it's a fun twist on one of the most classic games that we've got. So the game was developed by Bandai Namco, it's available on the Nintendo Switch, and it was originally released on the 7th of April 2021. Well that is it for my review of Pac-Man 99, but next up, let's have a look at what we've got coming up in the next few weeks. So on April the 20th, we've got MLB The Show 21. That's coming to PS5, Xbox Series S and X via Game Pass, PS4, and also Xbox One 2. We've got Atelier Mysterious Trilogy Deluxe Pack. That's on the April 22nd. That one's coming to PS4, Switch, and PC. Also on the 22nd, we've got Buildings Have Feelings 2. That's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. We've got Judgment. That's coming out on PS5, Xbox Series S and X and also Google Stadia, that's coming out on April the 23rd. Also on the 23rd, we've got Near Replicant version 1.22474487139. I think I'm just going to call it 1.2 from here on out. That's coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. We've got Total War Rome Remastered. That one's coming out on PC on April the 29th. Then on the 30th of April, we've got New Pokemon Snap. That's coming to Nintendo Switch. And then we've got R-Type Final 2. That's Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. That's coming out on April the 30th as well. Then on the 30th we've got another PS5 exclusive. 
got Returnal, and I am going to feature that one on the next episode of the podcast. And finally, on the 30th, we've got Terminator Resistance Enhanced, and that is another one coming to PlayStation 5. So of that list, I think MLB The Show looks quite interesting. Returnal looks really good. Pokemon Snap as well. And I will be featuring MLB The Show 21 and Returnal on the next episode of the podcast, so look forward to that. Well, that is it for this week's episode of the show, and if you want to get involved in the show, then get in contact through patreon.com forward slash thisweekinvideogames, or check out the latest on the website. So send in your questions, your comments, and your video game stories. I'm always interested in hearing from you, and I'd love to feature you on the community questions section on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for watching or listening. You know, for more This Week in Video Games content like this, subscribe on YouTube or your favourite podcast app and share with a friend. To join our community, check out the Discord link in the description. And you can follow me on Twitter at TWIVG Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it useful, liking and sharing it would really help me out. You know, otherwise, check out the other podcasts in the feed. Well, thanks again. See you soon. <laughs>